You're listening to TJ Talks. All right. Welcome to TJ Talks. I am your host today on the show. I'm Drove's Judd. And with me is sitting there in sunny California, the fabulous Teresa. Hello, my friend. Hey, hey. Here we go. Can you believe it? It's already February. I know. It's very exciting. Groundhog Day. It is. Can you believe it? it is Groundhog Day? Did he did he see a shadow? I don't even know. I don't know either. One of us We got to Google that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you may have to edit out some of this while we get on the Google, but uh, yes, we need to find out if Punxsutawney Phil saw what he was supposed to see because I'm ready for winter to be done. I don't know about you. I, I mean, you're in Florida, so what do you know about winter? But... Uh, yeah, it's, I think, 75 degrees out or something of that nature. Yeah, yeah, you're just really... They said no sweating, shadow, right? no shadow, spring is near, oh, done! Got it. Uh, wow. Well, good, that's exciting! <laughs> we can put away the turtlenecks now and just get the tank tops out and be ready for summer. Tube tops out, indeed. Tube tops, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> the tube tops... Yeah, oh, man. and a crane. How about that? Two tops and a crane. And That's a, what I need. And a crane. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yes. So, well, happy Groundhog's Day. And, and Groundhog's Day is always a fun day in our house because it's my son's birthday today. So. Is that, I guess, is it always the 2nd of February? February 2nd is always Groundhog's okay. Day. So and that's always his birthday. <laughs> wow. So he was like, yeah. he wakes up and he experiences the same thing every day. That Bill Murray <laughs> he should have one of those birthdays. Well, he didn't experience the same thing today because today I actually got up and so did JP and made him a really nice breakfast and, you know, wished him happy birthday. And we all spoke more than 20 words to each other. My son has a very early schedule. He has to be to school by 645 in the morning. So really? that's early. You know, it's it's early. And so we're not super talkative. We just do what we have to do to get out the door. And uh, today we all got up. We ate breakfast together. He had a nice morning and going to have a fun day and dinner tonight at a burger joint. So yeah, so it should be a good day. What school gets their kids there at 645? He is a member of the public uh, academy called Keystone Academy, don't you know? Oh. It's a, uh, a magnet school here in our school district that has a 6th, 7th, and 8th grade um, stint on on different academic studies. So it's something you have to interview for and apply for. And he qualified last year and started this year. So they have a zero period mm-hmm. for these kids. Um, they're gate children, if that means anything, gifted and talented is Absolutely. the name of that. So, cool. so yeah, so he gets there early and um, he's doing very well with it. We are super proud of him. And uh, I, sh- I don't know if I shared with you offline, but he, Brought home a really lovely progress report the other day. It's very, his grades are very good and we're very lucky. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm really disappointed because I've never been able to have that. Why don't you try harder? Why don't you apply yourself speech that all parents have to give their kids at least <laughs> once in their life? <laughs> don't, don't worry. He, he, he waits till he goes to high school. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I said, you know, uh, would you please stop and would you simmer down a little bit so we can, you know, we need to give you some of those tips about if you just applied yourself more or if you just worked a little harder and we don't have to do that at this point. We're very, 
Okay, well, let's let me just preview our topics for today. We've got a couple of topics yeah. we're going to talk about, and you've kind of segued already to uh, one of those topics. So our topics today is the goings on in the Middle East, what's going on in Egypt and Tunisia and that sort of thing. We're, Can you believe it? There's problems in the Middle East? It I, just never happens. Never happens. I gave a speech last night at Toastmasters about it, as a matter of fact. Oh, good. Okay. The next topic that we're going to discuss is the upcoming Super Bowl. That's this weekend. So we have some conversation about it. Go Pat, go. And uh, finally, Tiger Mom. (laughs) Speaking of Tiger Mom, she's my new hero. Right. We could could start with Tiger Mom because that was a great transition. Um, Yes. I, this woman is, is a little bit crazy. So I, I feel that for her, but um, I, I do like, I do think she raises some valid points about how specifically Chinese mothers raise their children as opposed to Westerners, which we all are, um, and why it's different. And, and a lot of the Western parenting is creating this sort of indulgent, self-centered child, which will grow up to be maybe that person as an adult and uh, never really been pushed or challenged to be the most successful that they can. And that's a negative for people. But her her tactics are a bit extreme. Do you, have you heard some of the things that she's done? I, well, I, I've heard that she uh, her kid came home with an A minus on the report card, and she told the the daughter said, "You have disgraced our family. How know, dare little, you? How uh, dare you?" <laughs> but damn it, she wants an A, and and if the kid can get an A minus, the kid can probably get an A. So yes, I know that's a little harsh, and an A minus is still really good it's but... an a it's an a isn't an a and a and a i mean i don't remember them going well an a plus is a four but an a is a 3.9 and a a minus is a 385 <laughs> i don't remember you're that right. you're right i know that there's no difference in the big picture but i do see her desire I do understand her desire to see her children be successful Mm -hmm. and well, but I don't know if, if making them that successful is well adjusting them. And I think she misses out on a lot of things that would make them well adjusted. Uh, But I I saw an interview where the girls think that this is just a bunch of uh, extra hype. They they're laughing all about it. Yeah. They were quoted as saying, you know, our mom made our really boring life into this, comedic dramatic story about how she was an ogre and she really wasn't uh-huh yeah but so what's that deal i think well and i think she's also herself a very talented woman i mean she's oh. a, a a law professor at yale i mean she's no slacker so i think she understands how to play to that and probably knew how to market this book and make it topical and people would want to read it or buy it just because of the way she kind of spun it but but Go ahead. I was going to say, I haven't heard this. My kid uh, brought home an A minus and I beat the crap out of him. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Well, no, she didn't. She didn't really resort to physical punishment. Mm -hmm. Like she had an incident where she made her daughter sit at the piano for seven hours and wouldn't let her get up to do to go to the restroom, to have a drink of water, to stop practicing. I mean, she made her sit there that long and to learn this very complicated piece with two different hand motions. But the interesting thing about it is that she claims that Western parents wouldn't have spent that time and energy on their kids. And that's why 
Chinese moms have it better is that they will. They'll kill seven hours of their day to make sure their kids get something right. Well, she's never met Tiger Dads. <laughs> the great Santini of dads, you, right? You know, I mean, you look at uh, sports. If there's a dad who wants his kid doing well in sports, he'll show up there. I mean, you've seen it. We They, they lampoon it like uh, uh, that Will Ferrell movie with the soccer deal. The soccer dad, yes. You know, yes. I mean, that whole idea of and, – and I remember when I was in Little League in Upland because I played – one, the one season, and that was enough for me. I was on the worst team in the whole league. I was, I was in. It was, yeah. We, we were, the, we were the bad news bears. It was, uh, it was, right. it was, uh, uh, Pizza Palace. Oh, yeah, I remember those names. Yes. Yeah, and we were Pizza Palace, and uh, we sucked. We, and I think we even had a girl as our pitcher. <laughs> Just like the oh wow yeah okay that's good yeah it was the seventies or eighties right it was it was like probably seventy eight yeah no doubt Mm -hmm. yeah I would have been Mm -hmm. in like fourth grade or something and girls are people too at that point yes yes and so I remember we were playing against Seven (laughs) Eleven they were the number one team Seven (laughs) Eleven. Seven Eleven, not stop and go. Uh, No, not stop and go. (laughs) And uh, course they, it, I swear, it was just like the Bad News Bears. It was my life, and and I remember a, a dad came out and started yelling at the the referee, and then yelled at his kid and told his kid that he was grounded and a whole bunch of really nasty stuff. And this is over on Ninth Street where they have the baseball. Do they still have those little league fields it's over there? Still right there. Yeah. I just drove by it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's all there. Yeah. So that's where I played and I can remember uh just Well, here's my take that. on that and I think you're right. I think there are there are horrible parents when it comes to sporting events. We we've, we've witnessed that a lot. Um and I think she rounds out the horribleness by, well, first of all, not even allowing her children to play a sport. They're not entitled or allowed to do extracurriculars that aren't. Um, music was the only thing that she allowed her children to do extracurriculars. So sports, yes, here in the States, especially, you know, that's a big part of most kids play something, soccer, baseball, whatever. Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't have allowed that because that would have been frittered time probably to her. But she also would be the first to criticize her kids for being overweight or inactive. So well, it's a weird. Get, when do they get their chance? When would they get it? Yeah. Well, they have their PE at school and maybe she has some. Uh, it doesn't say what she said about their physical stature or doing anything um, physical around the house. But she wouldn't allow them to do to participate in a school play even. So really? and that would be an enrichment that you think would be a good thing. So nope, you couldn't do that. Creativity is so important. Well, that's the point of a lot of people that are anti-Tiger Mom. They're like, well, okay, China is is building up this nation of these fierce, competitive kids, but they have no creativity and can't can't do anything with any ingenuity. Right. We're we are the society that you come to that everyone comes to when they want to create that brand new idea. The sparks of the world really come from here. And then we send it out and have it built everywhere else. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's okay. I'm going to bore you with some numbers here because I just, I really, I really like this. And, and, and sort of tying in last week with our Sputnik issues and uh-huh. where are we in education in the world or whatever, you know, our, our economy is coming back, but China's economy is just growing along. It's like 10% annual growth or whatever. And they have a $250 billion 
a trade surplus their way with us. And, and that we are, our students are 17th in reading. This is an international student assessment, uh, 23rd in science and 31st in math. So it puts us 17th overall in the world. And Shanghai alone took all three of those categories and were number one in all three of those categories. So maybe their tactics aren't the best, but can't we take some tactics and manipulate them to make them work a little better here? And, and this woman can be punished for being over the top, but couldn't we all have some more expectations about our kids and, and make them live up to them and see what we get? I think it wouldn't hurt to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so do you, she, uh, do go you, ahead. You know, uh, talking about the, how crappy America is and it, our education system. <laughs> I know, that system. sounds terrible. We don't mean to be, sound that way, but you yes. Know, being down on ourselves. I'm just uh-huh. curious, how many illiterates have you ran across lately? Now, I, <laughs> I do believe, though, that we are mathematically illiterate as a society. And uh, I probably are. I mean, I I struggle with my kids' sixth grade pre-algebra homework. I don't don't you remember that we were in class, and I can remember kids in in our math, algebra, geometry, whatever class, and they would Mm -hmm. and they would say, "Why do I need to learn this stuff? I'll never ever use it." Right. Right. (laughs) I'll never ever use it. So why are we teaching people stuff? That they're never going to use. You know, how many of those guys in Shanghai are really going to be doing calculus? Hey, um, yeah, can I have a couple of um, th- my change? But I'm going to use calculus to determine my change. No. Now, you're I, right. I, I know what you're saying, but don't you think, in general, just having a wealth of well, you would agree with this, I'm sure, having a wealth yeah. of knowledge, whether you use it or not, is beneficial, right? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> If I had done better in math, I would have done better in that darn nuclear power school that I failed out of. <laughs> oh, see? see? So, yeah, and, it was a challenge for you and, and I would have used it in my real-life work uh, it, had I went from high school with stronger right. stronger math skills. Really, I needed a lot stronger math and science skills, and I just yeah. was ill-prepared. I really was, comparatively. Right. and. They, it, it, you have to be so meticulous and fast at at the process. Could I do it today? I think I actually could do it today, but I just could not wrap my head around right. it at that time in, in my life. Right I was. Well, I, was I know where you out. went to school. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> I think you sat behind me for most of those classes. So I, you I, more in front of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, hey. yeah, we know what kind of education we got. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So well. That's why I'm heartened by this this thing that my son's going to, the school that he goes to. Um, it seems like there is some more emphasis being put on higher standards mm-hmm. for kids. And and no child left behind and all the things that are wrong with it. Um, I, there's still some good to it, too. And I, I sort of agree that having a, a standard level of what we sort of all should have a base knowledge of isn't a, isn't a bad thing. The way they go about getting us to that level with the, ch- the testing that they do, I think the problem is kids are learning how to be tested, but they're not learning the information for the tests. So having some standards is great. Getting people to learn the standards is another thing, and then figuring out how much they've actually retained. That All of that needs to be dialed in, but it's a good idea. We should have a, 
oh, sort of a national standard of yeah. literacy and math literacy and yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, it, just think about this. If you're have, doing work in your house, I mean, guys who do construction need math. They do. Now, I cannot read the freaking ruler and tell you what all those little lines are. Whenever I measure something, I tell JP it's it's on the four and there's three of those little lines. And then he just, you know, scratches his head and can't believe that I don't know what they are. Well, I don't believe it because I know when I went to school with you that you were very smart. And so oh, yeah. you, you, math, though. That's, you, you that's sell yourself hard. short. You, you, you are you are selling yourself way short because we all know and all the people listening to this podcast know that you are part of the genius crew. Yes, right. When, well, when I attended school, I, I was right. But there were some days that I had a hard time making it there. So. Well, all right. Let's put Tiger Mom to bed okay. back in her den. Because I think this is not the last we're going to hear from her. I think she's going to have another book or something. And I can't wait till she's a tiger grandmother. So we'll probably have to talk about that in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Some, some kids having their hand boiled in oil. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Let's chat a little bit about Super Bowl. What are you doing on Super Bowl Sunday? I have not a clue in the world. It is so... I hate to tell you that this year, for whatever reason, Super Bowl has not quite been on my radar to the level it probably should be. Okay. Well, first of all, that's un-American and unacceptable. So <laughs> you need to get get with the program because 100 million of us will be watching the Super Bowl. Really? And Yes. And Just- for people like me, it should be a national holiday because really, it's almost as important as Thanksgiving when it comes to food. Well, I yeah, I was gonna say, is it is it just the commercials that you're watching Super Bowl for? I do enjoy the commercials, but I enjoy the salted snack foods. That's essentially why I watch the Super Bowl, so oh, I can uh-huh. you know eat chip and dip for you know four hours uninterrupted. Wow, wow! <laughs> do you know what teams are playing? <laughs> I do. I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan. Uh huh. So um, have always liked them, and I have some family in Wisconsin, so I think they'll probably be rooting for the Packers. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are a fine team, but they've been in the Super Bowl a lot lately, so they don't need to win as much as my Packers do. So no terrible towels in your house? No no lines of uh, of demarcation of one fan crew to the other? That Yeah, we're pretty all on the same side, which is good, because that would be ugly if we weren't. Wow. So, so how many are you going to have a party? You're going to have people over? You know what's funny is at this point we don't have a plan at all. Um, we we probably will either watch somewhere that's got a better TV than what we have. So we'll find a, a place to go. JP has to work, unfortunately, so he what? won't be around. What? Yes. I know. Well, because he's working for foreigners. That's why he's uh, Italians? installing a car. Italians, exactly. Uh, so <laughs> football means something different to those people. So they're – they're not going to be, uh, he's not going to be around, but we'll, you know, we'll still find a place to eat our chips. Oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> um, the thing that we're going to put up on the website that we're going to talk about a little bit mm-hmm. is uh, Bill Maher, you know, the comedian from HBO and his show Real Time with Bill Maher. He wrote an interesting essay about how football is just like socialism. Did you get a chance to read it? Uh, I wouldn't mean read it. I saw it. You can watch. You saw it. Okay. You can actually watch it. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, true. Well, and I'm in the Stone Age with a bad TV and no HBO. No, so it's, I it's, it's on. It's on the it. internet. Oh, so you can put it up on the on the site. Yeah, I'll uh, try to embed it if I can as a 
Yeah. And I just like to take that um, that the NFL does something unusual that a lot of sports organizations don't, and that their biggest revenue source is from TV. And they take all the money that they get from TV, they split it amongst the teams evenly, 32 ways, and everybody gets the same amount of money. And in theory, that would be a socialistic uh, sharing the wealth and distribution of wealth that a lot of people here in the U.S. would be up in arms if they really thought about that. You mean the you mean the Ravens or whatever, some crappy team that nobody's really watching much? They get the same money that... Uh, that uh, the Denver Broncos and the Miami Dolphins and uh, yep. and the terrible towel people are all getting. It's all same Green money. Bay, Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin Green Bay has a population of a hundred thousand people, Darn but yet their says. team can make it to the Super Bowl. So, and in Pittsburgh, conversely, in the baseball league, the Pirates. When was the last good thing the Pirates ever did? Other than I think Willie Stargell was the last name. Uh, pirate player I can remember and they haven't made it to the, to the World Series in a long time because in baseball they don't do that they don't split their money <clears throat> evenly so you have you know rosters like the New York Yankees where they've got 240 million dollars just in salaries versus well, you know, well but you know the other thing that we not not to really give baseball much that much credit but you realize they play a hell of a lot more games than football. Well, yes, they do, but but in general, they sh- I think they shouldn't. I think they should shorten the season. And for any diehard baseball fans, that's probably blasphemy. But I think that 162 games, I think, is the average baseball season. They could probably weed out a few of those, and nobody would really care. And then this, the World Series could actually be in October, like it's supposed to be, because now it kind of carries over into November. And I think that's crazy. Well, right. I mean, but there's only 16 weeks of football. Right. I mean, right. That, that's it. 16. You got 16 uh, stadium presentations of your team. And actually, one of them is a bye week, usually. Generally, they have some sort of bye or the playoff weeks or whatever. But um, the thing about football, though, is that so many more people watch it. I mean, only 15 million people watched uh, the uh, the World Series final games. So, and 100 million Americans are going to watch the Super Bowl. That's a huge disparity. So I don't know that baseball is that less popular, but football's got it dialed in when it comes to marketing their sport and making it attractive to people to watch. Well, but there's only one Super Bowl. Well, there's only one World Series, even though it's seven games. It's seven games? Well, I don't need to catch tonight because this this one doesn't mean anything. I don't need to catch. Wait till the series is tied up. I'll watch it then. Yeah, when it's, it's, yeah, exactly. Three and three. Come on, baby. (laughs) And baseball should be appreciated for its longevity and the the way, yeah, there are seven games. So there isn't just one chance to be the end-all, be-all champion. I, I do appreciate that because they're two very different sports. I don't think you could do that with football because football needs to be, be needs to be decided within one game. I think. Well, they're beating the crap out of each other. The body, I, you know, I can't even imagine what they go through in those things. It just really seems like it would be really intense. The, the body takes such a beating, and to recover, I mean, it probably takes almost a week to recover for that next time. I mean, in the life, take the next beating. Yeah. yeah, and the lifespan of a football player is way shorter than that of a baseball player. Oh, for sure, because they are so intense. Well, and then they die so much younger. Yeah. You know, all these famous football players who've died in their early 50s or, or you know, mid to late 50s, 
because of all the head trauma, the neck trauma, the back trauma, all that stuff, obviously it takes a toll on them. Mm-hmm. They can't, they can't live as long. So, yeah, there's yeah. Uh, definitely uh, some big differences between the football and, and baseball. And I think that, that for those of us that enjoy football, you know, and I do on Sunday, occasionally watch some football. I think, I think the Super Bowl is an event that people plan more stuff around, you know, the parties, the this, the that. We, I think even church attendance is down on, on Super Bowl Sunday. So it does seem to have captured us more as a nation than the World Series has as of late. So is so. it really just the uniforms? <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's it. Those tight pants uh-huh. or whatever. Yes, uh-huh. those guys. Although the baseball guys, I mean, they wear uniforms too. I think, you know, that, uh-huh. we should give them their credit. But football just it's a pretty it's a better package i don't know why black eyed peas are going to be there at halftime mm-hmm. and do you think we're going to see any of fergie's nipples or do you think they'll keep that under wraps dang it you know that was 2004 when that happened to janet jackson and that 2004 was a long time ago seven years ago it doesn't seem like it was that long no it doesn't that's- i remember seeing that too live i remember yes. watching that live. and i'm going wait did i really see that did i see what i thought i saw uh, and yes, I've, I've I've pretty much watched every Super Bowl for the last long time, just because it is yeah, an American spectacle. It is a spectacle, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, although were you scarred from seeing her nipple? I don't, I don't think anyone really uh, was. But yes, I, I, yeah, I'm just very scarred. I want you to know <laughs> you're scarred. <laughs> yes. So, <sighs> so that's yeah. That's all I have to say about the Super Bowl. Just really, you know, really. So, watching. so salted chips, that's the big thing. Yeah, well, and then the oh. cheese dips, and then the bean dips, and then the salsas, and maybe some carrots and celery. You know, you got to throw some vegetables in, but yes, got to have well, all the good bad food. You, you know, I've been eating a lot of hummus lately. Have you had Ugh. that? Really? I don't enjoy hummus like I should. Everybody loves it, and I don't know if it's a texture thing or whatever. I'm trying to learn to like it. Well, there's different flavors of it. If you maybe get, I need a different flavor because the plain de, plain tastes like mud. It's awful. Right, right. But there's like this. I had some spinach artichoke flavored stuff. That and, sounds good. And well, here's the neat thing. A lot of people are using you know the dip chips in it. Yeah. Um, try dipping a cucumber in it. Oh, a, a, okay, a, all a, right. A cucumber chip. Oh, yeah. So next time I'll be eating more of those because of my stinkingstick.com resolution. Yeah, we're that we'll throw that at the end of today's. Uh, okay, sounds good. Because yeah, because <laughs> I, I don't know anything exactly about it. <laughs> oh, good. All right, the so perfect I'll fill you in. perfect time. All right, so I think we've kind of really. Oh, you know what? This is the time for a friendly Super Bowl prediction. Oh, we have not done that. We could wager, although I have to to bet on the Packers. The Packers. Well, yeah. uh, you so know, just just team. in in for the fact that we can't both be on the same team. I'll I'll go for the. I will go for Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. I'll I'll put a five dollar Starbucks card on the line for this. A five bucks Starbucks card. It is yeah. okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> done. Done. So, uh, huh? Mama needs a latte. Uh, Come okay. on, Packers. We're, we're, there's no no spread. No points. It's just who wins. Yeah. Winner take all. Right. Winner, winner yeah. take all. So that's yep. the way it is. And, that's they, a good and they have no tie. So 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. There will be a final winner. There so will, one yeah. way or the other, we're going to be enjoying some Starbucks. Okay. And this is recorded, so there ain't no... Uh... There's no welching on this <laughs> no, one. No welching on this one. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, I pride myself on not being a welcher. I no, no. Most of my bets. Did you know, here's one a little quick tidbit on the Super Bowl, one last thing, yeah. is that the Green Bay Packers are actually owned by this, the residents in Green Bay. Yes, it's city owned. Yes, it, it, I think that's fabulous. It's yeah. a not a private guy that owns the right. team. Right. And, and you can buy you can buy well, I don't know you can anymore, but they have stock. You could buy stock in the in the team. In the team and you become that's how you become an owner of the team. And right. every so often they open it up to get some stock so pe- more people can have some ownership. That's what I understand. And that from what I understand, in that town, I mean, they they bleed green there. It's a very big deal. They're very loyal to them. They treat the players great. The yeah. fans are amazing. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting to see a game there, I guess. JP's been able to do that. Oh, and my cool. brother, who's a big Packers fan, and with a very good friend of ours. And they really just, you know, the whole experience is fun. And the Midwest people, they know how to do tailgating parties. So, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> where, where, what city is it in? I understand Dallas. Is that right? They're here in Dallas. Yes. Big NFL experience. We have some friends that are working on the production of all that. So, yeah. Good times. How awesome. Okay. Well, we'll let cover Super Bowl, and we're going to move into probably the most controversial topic of the day. Yeah. Here we are. Dun, 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 dun. The Middle I'm East. Stealing myself for, yeah, having my energy sucked out of me. This is such a quandary, conundrum problem. I don't know. What do you know? What do you think? Okay. Well, here's what I gather we it starts off in tunisia here we are this is like history going to be in the books in right in five years your kids will be writing essays about this about what happened five years ago but in tunisia they had a essentially an overthrow of that government big right to do and then there's a spillover of unrest in egypt and egypt is kind of like the least likely place in a way in some ways, for this to happen, even though so, yeah, it seemed to really come across people's radars as being a very calm, sedate nation, you know. And now this is just chaos. Go just, on. Yeah. Well, you know, besides Egypt, you know that Jordan is—they just threw the government out of Jordan. Yeah, Can- and Yemen is like they're worried about Yemen now too. So this could be a big deal. So, but the reason it's a big deal, there's a, a lot of reasons it's a big deal. And I do believe that if you get in people in power, not to say that all the people who are part of the civil unrest are, are have bad intentions, because I don't, right. I don't believe that. I believe that there's people who want freedom and they want better, a better life for their people. But, yeah, that's what I seem to believe, yeah. But I do believe that there are still within the scope of the Arab community – such a vilified hatred for Israel that people that get into power could utilize that power to wage a war in the Middle East against Israel. Because if, if governments topple in so many countries and they're all essentially brought up to be the same, my worry is that this, you know, this is a revisit of, you know, the 19... Was it 67 or 72 wars where Mm -hmm. Egypt and Syria and Lebanon all attacked Israel at the same time? 
Right. Of course, they they lost, but you know. But no. it's still a concern, and yeah, there doesn't need to be more turmoil in that region. And it would be interesting to see that if they do overthrow Mubarak, which looks like it's a done it's gonna probably happen, right? right I right. mean. He made some sort of statement today about how he's going to, or yesterday, about how he'll stay till September. But, you know, he'll die on Egyptian soil. He won't be exiled. And I thought, well, I wouldn't go proclaiming that I'll be dying on Egyptian soil. I think lots of people would like to see that happen to him very soon. So I, I don't know that I would have made that statement. But, and, and frankly, I don't know a lot about him. I mean, I learned a little bit over the last few days, just like everybody else probably with the news. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that he was as bad as he was or as nasty as he was. And had always thought he'd been such a longtime ally of the U.S., so what's the problem there? And then, of course, there's more layers to that onion. So I, I just wonder, what what are they going to get instead? That's the real question. What will, yeah. what will we get instead? Will we get the Suez Canal being shut down? Oh, boy, yeah. Which, I mean, you think about it. All that oil that comes to the to, you know, to different regions that don't have to go all the way around Africa – Right. That's a that's a big but deal. But economically that doesn't behoove them to shut it down, does it? it no, but <laughs> it, it, who who makes the money off of that choke point? I don't I don't know. I, I would imagine the Egyptians are, you know, collecting a toll. They're they're the right. they're the guys like out of one of those movies, you know. Okay. <laughs> Give me your quarter. You know, here's what it comes twenty five cents to go through this thing. We'll right. walk first. It's yeah. always a Bugs Bunny reference. We're gonna go around. Yeah, where it's a Bugs Bunny reference. <laughs> We're gonna go around it. Yeah. That's the, right. There's like desert everywhere, but the road goes up to this little toll. There's no nothing stopping you from going around. But right. Uh, <laughs> but, well, what about the people that are are pro Mubarak? I guess you know the police weren't around, mm-hmm. so I assume most of those people weren't. Mubarak, and now the police are starting to come back a little bit. What, like, what do you think? How many people can you do? Is it 50 50, half for, and half against him? Is there a good dispelling on what what people are really I thinking? I don't think anybody really knows. And I think that the reporting and a lot of things that are going on in Egypt are probably not, we, we probably don't even have a clue. We really don't. And, and this is why I, I say that. Cairo is one of the most populated cities on the planet of, of the, you know, like Mexico city is, I think number one. Yes. I think Gaza is the most densely populated location, non city, but like a geographic location. And Cairo is right. like so many million people, whatever it is in, yep. in one location, in a small location. And um, I just don't see that all million people have uprooted their life like that. I, that's not what I, I mean, I have not seen that mil it's the million man March type of thing going on. I think there might be thousands of people, maybe tens of thousands Mm. of people, but, but is it a million? Like they're saying what's, what's, you know, going back to our math, tens of thousands versus a million. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You know, are the buses running? Is the water running? Are the toilets flushing? Is the electricity on? These are the important things yeah, these are of the a things. government. And I guess they mentioned yesterday that things were getting back to a little more business as usual. And there were people, 
you know, trash was being collected and postal service was happening or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that they thought things were going to be coming back around. And then it seemed like within 24 hours, everything went south again. So. But I, I think uh, to use a Yiddish phrase, I think that there are some nudniks out there that are stirring (laughs) up trouble. Have you ever heard that term? I have heard that term, actually. Yes. <laughs> They're troublemakers. Yes, I'm sure there are. And, and what, 10,000 prisoners escaped, supposedly, from the prison? Yeah. That's going to go bad, so. That's what, I just kind of think that there's just some some bad people that are not using, I, I mean, I don't believe that Gandhi's total peace thing is the best way, mm-hmm. but I think that maybe the, uh, uh, I do believe that um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s approach is probably was the best way of nonviolent change. Of the civil disobedience? Yes. Yeah. I, I think that if they want change that – but I don't know. Is that the only – only works for our society or could that work there? Do we not huh. understand that Arabic uh, – The cultural part of that? Not- I think there is something to that. Um and and unfortunately, if there are large quantities of people, be it a million or ten thousand, it's still a large amount. Right. That whole mob mentality thing just takes over. So I think people are are behaving in ways they wouldn't ordinarily just because of the sheer numbers of people. I don't know. I think. I mean, I think if it, if it were me and I were there, and and I the thing that struck me is that men specifically were, you know, defending their neighborhoods from these rabble rousers. Right. And they were, you know, using their machetes and their sticks and their stones to, to keep people away. And I can appreciate that sort of homegrown vigilante to protect your street and your family and your stuff. I, I can appreciate that. And whether they're pro Mubarak or not, and I think probably they're not, they just didn't want to see chaos in their neighborhood. So there's that kind of thing going on, which I think gets interpreted in the media as being, you know, violence against the government, and that's just more self-defense. So I don't know if those things are getting clearly reported either. I just wonder how secular they are. Uh, you know, in, good question. In, I don't know. I haven't heard that discussed actually. In 1987, I spent about six weeks in Israel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. And so, while I was there, I almost went to Egypt on a little three-day weekend to go see pyramids and stuff, and I didn't do it. And I regret not doing it, but I was a little scared. (laughs) It it would definitely color your decision on whether or not to travel in that region, I'm sure. And I would assume, you know, unfortunately for a country like Egypt, whose a large revenue source is tourism, this is devastating for them. I can't imagine they'd recover from this in 25 years, even. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It depends on what happens. It depends. See, I want to believe that the people in at least the metropolitan areas of Egypt mm-hmm. are relatively secular and westernized as Muslim nations go. Right. You know. I think you'd be right about that. I think that is probably fairly accurate. So, and if the, but I know for me, I I wouldn't travel there now at this point just because, well, obviously not at this point, but even a year from now, say everything stopped today everything resumed peaceful. I don't know that I'd go. And it's a shame because to see the pyramids and the Sphinx would be an amazing life altering thing. And it's too bad that a lot of people will choose not to go there because of, of these sorts of things. Right. It, I've heard it said that 
essentially the aid, financial aid that we give Egypt is just a big bribe to keep peace in the Middle East. Have you heard that? I have heard that, and I, I just read the number. It's like $1.6 billion in aid we give them, and 1.3 of it goes directly to their military. Is that so right? yeah. it Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's a lot of money. And I guess and who do they what really, will happen? Who do they really have to defend themselves against these days? I guess... The Israelis? I mean, the Israelis aren't running... I, I think they think it's the Israelis, but, but I don't know that they need $1.3 billion of our dollars to do that. I mean, I think the Israelis have a lot more to worry about from uh, the militant uh, organizations. In fact, I mean, I don't know. It just it, it seems to me that you can you can see it's terrorism that they're fighting in Israel against, such as Hezbollah and rockets coming in from Jordan, from Syria and from Lebanon and from Gaza. That's what they're fighting. Right. You, uh, you they're don't... fighting that stuff. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I think I'll be curious in one week when we do this show again next week, what, what will be changed and who will be in and who will be out. Well, we'll do just a quick status update next week then, you know? Yeah. We should sure. have like a map. And I want to talk to you about, oh, I want to talk to you about the, the whole, all the tragedy and, and chaos aside, uh-huh. the internet portion of this and how five years ago, even the Facebook shutting down, Twitter shutting down. These are global news events. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that our, you know, social media has played such a big part of it, I, it's really a phenomenal thing. Yeah, but you know what? Remember when this sort of thing happened in Iran about a year right? ago? Right. Was it almost a year ago? With their elections. I think a year or two ago, yeah. Yeah. So then what happened on Twitter? All these people decided to turn their profile pictures green. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, I let, do remember let's, that, Let's yes. make ourselves green. We're going to support green. them. You know what? People didn't do jack. And you know what? <laughs> that country didn't change for one bit. They threw, us yeah, some, right. they, they threw some pictures up on the internet, and it was like, yeah, we tried. Whatever. You know, I know. I mean, I guess rah, rah, I, I just think too, if, if there <laughs> if there was going to be a Facebook outage here in the U.S., I'm sure people would be up in arms over that too. And and the fact that it is such a device to get people to communicate is interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the fact of getting some sort of information, and when you have mass quantities of photos and little text message type things that Twitter does and Facebook posts. In combination, you can right. You can draw a picture. You can see the the big picture. Right. Little bits and pieces by themselves probably don't do enough, but it's the whole thing. Uh, of course, Al Jazeera was, which is the Arab lang- uh, language television news outlet. Yes. They were out. The English group was. Yep. So, Tossed off the airwaves too, right? Yeah, they were told, "No can do there, buddy." <laughs> So that was funny. Uh, But I think they're back. But my biggest concern is actually Saudi Arabia. They are my number one worry that they're the the group that topples. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because I think if Saudi Arabia goes, then so goes the whole region. It's a done deal. You think, yeah, I mean, that's where all all the money is, right? For the most part? Well, that's, I think, one of the biggest kingdoms. And so... And Abdullah, King Abdullah's 
I'm sure he's hedging now as to what's going to happen to him, right? Oh, and, right? Although I think people there, the people there are pretty happy, right? So they're not going to do that? Well, I've seen some statistic that says that 10% of the population has 90% of the wealth. Well, you could say that wow. here in the United States, but when it's like the other percentage is very impoverished is what they claim. It lives okay. in illiteracy and poverty and stuff of that nature. That's what I've heard, statistic-wise. Yeah, probably. I, yeah. We'll have to find that out. We'll, we'll give an update on Saudi Arabia, too. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but oil prices are definitely on the rise. So. Oh, yeah. We're all screwed when those of us who drive gasoline-powered cars. Right. Need to move on to steam-powered vehicles. Go backwards. <laughs> I want a white wine powered vehicle. How how would that be? White wine. <laughs> <laughs> a self-propelled white wine vehicle. Well, if you put red in, you could save the white for yourself. There you go. That's true. It should run on wet, red wine. You're right, because I don't like to drink that as much. Right, because you just burn that. Burn it. <laughs> burn that alcohol. <laughs> wow. All right. So I think that pretty well covers it. Uh, I mean, opinion. What What do we, what's the... What can we do? We can't do anything. What's the outcome? We need to be really cautious and watch and figure out when when something does blow up. What do we t- do to talk to our elected officials if it's even if they're even listening? Right. Because are we going to send troops there? Where are we going to go? That's- yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we have to. Yeah, they're going to have to make some decisions about that. But I can't. Are there any troops left? Right, we don't have any. Uh, well, no. I'm going to get recalled to active duty. That's. <laughs> oh no. That, that's what'll happen. We can't I'm, podcast if you're on the I, boat. I'm retired, and then they'll say, "Well, guess what? We have nobody, and uh, you get that <laughs> uniform on, and you know, you can make uh, photocopies at the reserve center or something." <laughs> Gotcha. Who knows? You, you, you know, you just, if it, this could be the beginning of World War Three. Oh, dear. Don't go totally dire on me. Uh, you know, I don't. got to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, well, okay, well, let's do Super Bowl. And then we'll, you know, after that, we'll have a big steak. And then we'll go ahead and everyone will put their uniforms on and go. <laughs> and then go to war. Go go to war and capture that hill. I. <laughs> it was, we, we joked about it in the office, but it, it's kind of, you know, half-heartedly joking. Because. It's just so many unknowns. Right. And if the region does blow up, I mean, what would happen if, you know, all these countries did attack Israel? And what happens if they got to a point of desperation where they felt that, and I don't know that they have nuclear weapons, but if if they did and they decided that they might have to use them, what would happen in that whole region? I mean, I mean it, there's some crazy stuff, and and you're dealing when with, you start playing the what if game, yeah, it, it makes your mind real and want to shut down. And, so yes, and you're dealing with people who, if they die, they get seventy two virgins, and me, I don't want any virgins. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody really wants virgins. No one, they, it's all that virgin thing is all overrated. <laughs> it's all overrated. <laughs> Not that I've had one, but right. <laughs> But you've been told, But right? I, I've been told. And, and I tend to believe it because I wouldn't have right. wanted me the first time. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think anyone relishes that moment. But, right. yes, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can think of a lot better enticements than that. But Yeah. Have, to be remembered as the, ba- the bad guy 72 times. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's true. That would not be a good memory for those people. Um, <laughs> oh, shoot. What were we even talking World War Three, and then we got on to virgins. That's I'm not right. sure how that well, happened. Well, that's because if – you know, these people want to be martyrs there. It's okay to die, you know, bring on the nuclear weapons, kill us because we're getting, yeah, we're going to reach the promised land. So to yeah. Speak. You yeah. know, you're only doing yeah. us a favor, right? You're expediting our pleasure. That, yes. that, yeah. And so that's, that's why you're, I guess in the Israelis, they probably have a little bit more, they're closer to the problem that they deal with. So they kind of know the right way to approach it. At least right. I believe it. And and they know who doesn't feel like they've got 72 virgins coming and that they know how to leverage that with those people. <laughs> who doesn't feel like they have 72 virgins coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like that. Well, let's keep, let's keep more of those people. Wow. I think we are those unvirgin anticipating people. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to have to put some rim shots in here. <laughs> I yeah. think so. Yes. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. I hope well, that was good. I feel like- so transitioning once again, moving on. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about our three topics, but now we have another great topic to talk about. And that is this website that I have been asked to be a spokesmodel for. <laughs> yes. You're, you're the referee. That's your title. I'm the referee. I think this is appropriate because this is the first Wednesday in February. So we're one month into 2011. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a month ago we were talking about our resolutions mm-hmm. and what we were going to be doing or not doing for the rest of the year. And one of my eternal resolutions is, is weight loss. So I came across this crazy book, which I don't recommend because I don't think it's doable. But the guy who wrote The 4-Hour Workweek also wrote a book called The 4-Hour Body. And his claim to fame is that you can streamline your life and, and do certain things in certain ways to take out all the unnecessary expenditure of energy. And when it comes to weight loss, there are certain ways you can work out, eat, and live that you don't have to spend hours in the gym or even a lot of time on your diet. Um, you can take certain supplements, you can eat certain ways, and and sort of shave off all these extra hours that people do burning calories. So this, the book is, unfortunately for me, not livable, so it's not necessarily going to be a, a thing that I practice, but out of the book, I got this website called stick.com, and maybe we'll put a link up to it if we can, mm-hmm. but it's S-T-I-C-K-K.com, and you can go log on there, decide what your resolution, promise, new habit, whatever it is you want to do, you attach yourself to that, and then you... Um, can monetarily attach yourself to it. So you can put money on the line. You don't have to, but you can. And I did not put money on the line. So sorry, you're not going to profit from this, Judd, if I don't make my goal. Put up. <laughs> so, yeah. And you're not even going to get the $5 Starbucks card because I know the Packers are going to win. Oh, but anyway, moving on. <laughs> Just have to trash talk whenever I can. Uh-huh. Um, you can sign up, put down what your wish is, and then you can have certain people be a referee. So once a week now, you're going to get hit with an email saying, uh, here's what Teresa did for the week. And then you're supposed to cheer or you could totally tiger mom me and tell me, you know, you better try harder. You better live up to expectations. You can do whatever you want. So. So, so I need I need to log in or will it tell me? Okay, you need to... I think it'll send you an email. Okay. And then, and now how will I know if you did it or not? 
Well, because I have to post in what, uh-huh. oh, here's the worst part. And I'm going to say this on the tape and this is the worst part. So I have to log in every, I think it's Tuesday and put my weight in. And uh-huh. then obviously it's going to monitor if I did it right. But, you know, I could go on there and cheat and I could put any number in. Uh-huh. So I will stand on that stupid scale and I will hold my digital camera and I will take a picture and send it to you. <laughs> so you know that I'm not lying. And that's hugely brave on my part. I would never do that. And, and unfortunately, you're going to have to see it. So, uh-huh. yeah. Wow. So that's my plan for stick.com and we'll see if it works. Well, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> I, I, you, you know that I will not judge. I'll, you but, should no, you should. That's why I put you but, on there. Well, the, I it, not it, I won't judge you personally. I right. It, it no, will, yeah. Judge I the will action events. Yes. Right. It will be just you know, right. The the mentoring type of thing, not a personal there you go. thing. That's, that's what I think it was. And I chose you, and I'm sorry that I chose you. What? But, um, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, for you, I'm sorry that oh, I chose you because oh. it's like, who needs this stuff in their life? Oh. But um, but I knew that you you would obviously have a vested interest in, in if I succeed or not on the show. We, you know, we can talk about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and, and we did so much about our resolutions a month ago on the show. So I thought, all right. Well, this, kind, talked about it. this kind of goes along the line of that thing that you were talking about the your your the group what was that called you sent me a link a those professional oh, yeah, the mastermind master group. yeah mastermind group yes. yeah that book think and grow rich which i still haven't read oh. obviously according to my bank account you'd know that but yeah about mastermind groups where small groups of people get together and they each have a goal or two and then that's all you talk about in that group and you encourage or or advise or coach people in that regard. And it's interesting. So this is sort of like a mastermind event, I kind yes. of think. Yes. So we'll see. And in theory, I gave myself, what, 35 weeks to do this? So yeah. 35 weeks, you'll have to be uh, refereeing that whole endeavor. That's not a problem. I can easily <laughs> get on there and do that. So for people that are listening and, you know, go to stick.com and make your Make your resolution that you want to stick to, and then you could put us as your referees. I'd love to be a referee for somebody. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Especially if they'll send you pictures. <laughs> yeah, send, yeah, exactly. Well, pictures of the scale. I don't know how pretty that's going to be. You'll, you'll see my toe on there <laughs> every Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, yep, but hopefully the numbers will be going down, and that's the most important thing. So that that's the that's the end all be all. Obviously there's more important things to life than weight loss, but for me, that was one of my big resolutions. So it's a goal. And if you have a system that helps you meet your goals, that's what's important for sure. All right. Well, we had a great show today. I think we covered all the great topics of the day. There a little bit of current events and then some fun topics. So, and hope you guys enjoyed it. So for TJ talks, I'm Judd. I'm Teresa. And you guys have a great one.
Thank you. 